Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today we're going to revisit something that we took a look at several weeks ago, which is the appearance of Venus as an evening star. Now, if you remember, we looked back at both the appearance of Venus and Mercury as evening stars, and the fact that they were both appearing as evening stars after having been conjoined the eclipses back in late October and early November, uh, we said was very interesting because as those two planets were conjoined the eclipses and then moving into their visible position as evening stars, we said that they would bring some of the meanings of the eclipses into visible manifestation and that they would do so when they entered the sign of Capricorn in that whole sign house of Capricorn in your birth chart. So today what we're going to do is kind of refresh on all of this. What does it mean that Venus and Mercury are appearing as evening stars after having been conjoined the recent eclipses? We'll sort of go back and look at that one more time. Talk about why that's so significant again. And then what we're going to do is take a look at where those evening stars have just, in the case of Mercury, just made its appearance. In the case of Venus, just about to make its appearance. Um, in And uh, we'll give you a sense of what that might mean given the whole sign house placement in your birth chart. So um, that's what we are up to today. All right. Well, before we get into it, as always, if you're new to the channel, uh, subscribe. If you're if you're if you've been around for a while, give it the thumbs up. It always helps the channel to grow when you do that. Um, share a few comments and thoughts and reflections. All of that helps the channel to grow and get the word out there about the astrology content that I'm creating. And I really appreciate that when you guys do that. You can find a transcript of any of my daily talks. We prepare them for you. So if you want to reread something that we've said, or you know. God, if you actually wanted to quote it somewhere, that'd be kind of cool. I guess, <laughs> I guess you could do that. But anyway, you can find the transcript on my website, nightlightastrology.com. Um, we are also on our way to trying to collect the support of 1,608 backers in our annual Kickstarter campaign, which supports me and this channel and the staff of people that are behind the production of this content five days a week, year round. You can find the Kickstarter if you follow the link in the description of this video or in the comments section of this video. When you go over there, uh, pitch in anything whatsoever, a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, <throat> We are just trying to build this community and grow support for the channel. One of our big goals in the year ahead is to create a donation-based reading clinic so that we can offer affordable readings to people who may not otherwise be able to afford one, uh, which will also hopefully empower and uh, empower some of my graduates and give them an opportunity to make a little bit of money. Um, so I think this is a really great project. I'm really proud and excited about this project. And when you support the Kickstarter, you are supporting that project as well as the channel, the staff, the whole the whole thing. Um, when you go over there, you can also choose a reward when you donate, and there are lots of different rewards to choose from. The Astrology of 2023 video, where I go into all of the major astrology of the year ahead, your Sun or Rising Sign horoscope video with all the major transits of the year ahead, um, the Oracle Speaks podcast series I'm doing in the fall. It's an exclusive through the Kickstarter. It's the only place I'm releasing that special series on how to cultivate a oracular state of consciousness and how to develop a relationship with an oracle, whether it's the tarot, the I Ching, astrology. It's a fundamental part of learning how to be a diviner. And this series addresses how and why we need to do that. Um, also, my classes are 50% off. All of my online programs, uh, whether it's my year one or two or horary, readings and passages, the masterclass series, uh, Roots and Spheres, um, all of my programs are about 50% off through the Kickstarter until New Year's Eve. 
you can also bundle them together. The best thing that we offer is a four-class bundle that takes the savings up to about 75% off. And you can redeem any of these classes that you pick up. They're like um, redeemable coupons. You, you pick it up and then you can redeem it for the class and take that class whenever you want to. 2023, 24, 25. You want to take one class now, two classes next year, one class the year after that. We don't, they don't expire. So as long as we're offering classes, and I hope that will be for many more decades to come, you can take our classes. Uh, so check that one out. That's the best deal we offer. And it certainly supports the Kickstarter and all the good things we're doing. So uh, just a big thanks to all of the people. We're closing in on 600 backers, which means we still have about a thousand to go. We still need the support of a lot of people pitching in and just saying, hey, I like your channel. Here's five bucks. Here's 10 bucks. Anything and everything helps. It really does. Um, and thanks to the, you know, almost 600 people who have already pitched in, it really means a lot to me. It gives me steam and motivation to keep doing this, knowing that people out there value it and are willing to just throw a couple bucks in the hat to support it and support all the good things we're trying to do. So thank you guys for that. All right, onward, we are going to take a look at the appearance of Venus as an evening star, uh, along with Mercury and why this is so meaningful. We'll refresh on that. And then we'll take a look at where this is appearing uh, sign by sign so that you can also get a read on where you may actually notice the manifestation of these uh, evening stars or the appearance of these stars in your life. So first, let's refresh on the basic um, symbolism here, which we looked at several weeks ago. We're going to review now. So let's go backward in time to about October 25th. On October 25th, we had a solar eclipse in the sign of Scorpio. And what I want you to notice here is that that solar eclipse in Scorpio took place, here you can see the three planets together along with the south node, as Venus was conjoined the sun. So at the heart of the solar eclipse in Scorpio was Venus. Now, as Venus has since moved on and separated from that synodic conjunction, it is has been slowly separating from the sun to the, to the point where it will make its appearance rising as an evening star. Uh, when a planet makes its first appearance coming out of the underworld, it's a big event in astrology. Ancient astrologers paid a lot of attention to it. For example, uh, in the Springs Masterclass series, we'll be talking a lot about what it means if you were born under one of the phasal uh, appearances, like a station or a retrograde or the appearance of Venus as a morning star or evening star or morning setting or evening setting and stuff like that. Um, the Venus signature here is its appearance is made all the more powerful by virtue of the fact that the, the synodic conjunction happened under an eclipse. So Venus's appearance carries, in a sense, the eclipse energy into manifestation. Now, that language can be misleading because all of this is just oracular and symbolic, right? So what, what we're saying is that there was an eclipse, a powerful seed being planted at a new moon solar eclipse. That's kind of how you think of solar eclipses. Well, when do you start to see the first fruits or signs or symptoms of whatever change or shift may be indicated by that uh, symbol of the new moon solar eclipse? Well, in this one, one of the great tells that we have or a hint that we have is the fact that Venus was also there at the conjunction. And therefore, when Venus makes her appearance as the evening star, uh, where is she coming from? She's coming from that conjunction, which was an eclipse. So that's why in the next week or two here, as Venus makes her appearance as an evening star, the manifestation of the eclipse coming along with Venus, so to speak, makes it all the more important and powerful. 
So that's why it's important to look at this Venus in Capricorn is carrying with it some super mojo. <laughs> some super mojo? <laughs> what the? <laughs> that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so that's fine. <laughs> Let's just keep going. So uh, then what happened on November 8th? Same thing. Here on November 8th, you see there was a lunar eclipse in Taurus. But the lunar eclipse in Taurus, which, by the way, I should put the outer planets in here. I was in Hellenistic mode earlier today with a client, and now I need to bring in the modern outer planets. There we go. So this lunar eclipse featured a conjunction with Uranus, and look, it was opposite. Opposite? Kazemi conjunction with Mercury and the Sun. So that's super powerful. There we have on the lunar eclipse of November 8th, Mercury. And what is Mercury doing? As it appears in the evening star position, it is also bringing the symbolism of the eclipse out into the visible world. Did you know that Mercury and Venus are both making their appearance as they enter the sign of Capricorn? So what does that mean? Well, you could do some you could do some finagling here, and basically you could look at the connection between Scorpio, the whole sign house of Scorpio in your birth chart, and the whole sign house of Capricorn. And there's some kind of connection between those two areas that's really profound. <clears throat> so um, what I want to do today uh, is take a look at the whole sign house of Capricorn for each sign. And I'll mostly focus on Capricorn. I'll do a little bit of speculating about what it might mean that it's that the eclipses happen in Scorpio, but are that the the evening stars are appearing in Capricorn in your birth chart. So I think this will be a fun way of just kind of like you know trying to isolate some of the themes that uh, you might be noticing with the appearance of these evening stars. Okay, so that is what we are doing, and um, we're going to start with Aries and we'll go through the whole thing. And what I'm going to do here is edit our view so that we can get just really basic. <clears throat> All right. So we're just going to have, um, here we go. Let's bring them up to the current moment here. So there they are sitting in uh, Capricorn. Now, Venus is going to make her appearance uh, roughly. Actually, let me just show you. I'll put the sun in so you can kind of see Venus's appearance. It's, it's, it's approximately 15 degrees. So you're looking at the appearance of Venus right around the winter solstice. If you're in the northern hemisphere, summer solstice, obviously, if you're in the southern hemisphere, but it's happening right at the upcoming solstice moment, a, a cardinal turning point for the sun in the solar year. And... Um, What's interesting is right around that point in time, Jupiter is also entering Aries. It's a it's a moment of like blast off. There's a, a very decisive turning point when Venus is appearing, Mercury has already appeared, Venus is appearing, and now Jupiter's hitting Aries. So I think this is a very dynamic space. And the way we're going to look at it is through that whole sign of House of Capricorn. Um, but I think you could easily pair it by going back and looking at the horoscopes I did for Jupiter re-entering Aries. Or you could also pair it with the eclipses back in, in the whole sign house of Scorpio that we looked at. So going back, especially to, say, the solar eclipse in Scorpio for Venus about to make her appearance in the next week or so, going back to the solar eclipse in Scorpio um, horoscopes that I did or the Jupiter and Aries horoscopes may also just give you some things to be reminded of 
uh, as Venus is making her appearance, some other areas in the chart that are getting lit up simultaneously. But anyway, let's start with Aries now and uh, kind of examine what's going on. So um, what I find really interesting here is for if you're in Aries, the appearance of these planets in the 10th house means that your public reputation. Now, you could read this for Aries sun or rising. Your public reputation, public image, persona as it exists out in the world, let's say in the professional sphere, or, you know, if you, if you're someone like me, it's like, you know, how am I seen or known or what's my reputation like, you know, sort of in the, in the public world of the astrology industry or something like that. Any way in which your identity carries public um, ramifications, there's something shifting there something about how you show up or how you want to show up in the world could be changing uh something about what you desire or are attracted to and it's how it's shaping your professional life or trajectory um, things that are happening in the workplace or environment changes within the type of work you're doing or how you're doing it these are the things that i would watch for um, now the other thing could be just the bringing of good fortune with venus appearing now the connection would be to the eighth house if you're in Aries, and that means the place of other people's values, resources, what other people think or feel, what they give you or what they withhold from you, what you owe other people or how they may be indebted or obligated to you. So there's some connection between those two houses right now, and that's what I would have you sort of meditate on as Venus is appearing in your career house. All right, let's move forward to Taurus rising. So the appearance here is in the house of your beliefs, the higher mind, religion, spirituality, learning, education, teachers, mentors. So something here is shifting um, with respect to your life philosophy or subjects that you're learning about, teachers and your relationships with teachers, religious or spiritual communities, um, ideology and political, philosophical, moral or ethical beliefs or concerns, maybe something about foreign countries or travel abroad or something like that. But this has its roots in changes that have grown from the house of love, sex, relationships, and marriage. So, for example, could you see a partner and a partner's worldview or beliefs or convictions changing or evolving somehow? Could you see partner, spouse, lover shifting uh, in some way philosophically? Could you see the two of you coming together more? Or could there be just some very loud connection between love and relationships, marriage and sexuality, and your beliefs or religion and spirituality in general. Or even partnering with people in religious or academic settings or the congruency or incongruency between yourself and others politically or philosophically. Um, maybe some emphasis on sacred sexuality or something like that. So that's where I would look at the connection. Connect that whole sign of House of Scorpio with uh, Capricorn uh, in the ninth. Now, if you're a Gemini rising, we're looking at <clears throat> Venus and Mercury appearing in the eighth, coming out of the conjunctions that Mercury and Venus had to the sun in Scorpio in the sixth. This is an interesting place because one of the features of these two houses together is the, the or one of the themes or topics is that of bondage. So what am I bonded to, uh, maybe positively, but also what am I in bondage to or who do I owe something to and how is it acting as a source of frustration or a place of that's causing me to have to sacrifice something 
Now, it could be, for example, that you're taking care of someone that's sick and it's just, you know, it's something you want to do, but it's still a drain. And who could blame you for that? Even if you your heart's in the best place, sometimes it's a, a, a sacrifice and there's pain and frustration involved in being required to care for someone else over a long period of time. Uh, so anything that would be a sacrifice or a frustration or a source of pain or loss that is tied to someone that you are bonded to or in the, or so bond bonding and the work and frustration and toil and labor associated with those you are bonded with, or, um, maybe bondage and the frustration of, of being in bondage somehow. Now, any of that could also, uh, quite frankly, any of that with Venus in the eighth connected to the six could also be associated with sexual abuse or violence or um, any kind of domination sexually that uh, is not so healthy and maybe some that is healthy. These two houses are interesting in the way that they uh, connect themes of like, uh, you know, the sixth house was associated with Mars. You have Scorpio in the sixth, Venus and Capricorn in the eighth. Something about this could be um, like anything, like an images that come to mind, right? Would be like, if you're, um, maybe you're an escort, for example, and you get paid by, um, you know, being someone's very expensive, um, like date or partner or companion for something. There's maybe sex involved and it's beneficial, but you know, internally you, you like, there's something about the person that you're with that you don't like, like you could see a, a movie like that with an eighth house, sixth house connection like this. But any of those things are just metaphors, just like almost just like think of them as like literary themes, work, sacrifice, surrender, sickness, um, frustration, uh, slavery, bondage. Um, but also who is it that shows up in your life and maybe offers you some form of support or aid or help that is in some ways liberating from frustrations or bondage with Venus, a benefic, that could also be part of what's going on. So hopefully you you can just get a feeling for what I'm talking about here and sort of extrapolate from that to fit what you might be seeing or experiencing. Let me know your stories on that one. I'd love to hear the Gemini's because it's an interesting combination. Uh, okay, so Cancer is next. Cancer is going to take the appearance of Venus and Mercury into the seventh house of love and relationships. So there's something very powerful appearing in that area of life right now, love, relationships, and it's rooted in the synodic conjunctions with the sun that happened in Scorpio, those eclipses in the fifth house. So joy, pleasure, sex, children, um, and creativity uh, connected intimately to something that is growing and appearing around love, sex, marriage, relationships, um, and uh, maybe intimacy or sexuality, generally speaking. Um, I like this as something that is like, like a spouse could be coming, a spouse or partner could be um, getting more attractive to you right now, or there could, you could be experiencing some kind of breakthrough around intimacy, or maybe you're creatively collaborating with someone. Um, or you could find that, uh, you know, if you're parents, you could find that you and your partner are working through some things around your parenting strategies. Uh, how you give and receive love? How, are you having fun or not? The experience, the, the question of joy and fun and pleasure and how those things are manifesting for you personally, but also how they're entering into important relationships in your life. Those are the kinds of connections I would watch for given the appearance of Venus in the seventh with the backdrop of Mercury and Venus's conjunctions to the sun during those eclipses in your fifth.
All right, let's go to Leo. So Leo takes Mercury and Venus and puts into the puts them into the sixth house. Now that connects to the synodic conjunctions with the sun during the eclipses in the fourth. So now it's fourth house, sixth house themes. To me, this is about the lawyer, the 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 labor, the toil, the sweat, the sacrifice, the work that goes into or that comes out of the needs uh, or challenges of family and home. The roots here are in home and family, living environment, parental, family, ancestral karma, uh, your sense of safety or security on the level of, you know, the most basic level, home, abiding, resting place, inner sphere of life. The, it's like your you know, fourth house is a bit like the psychic bedroom. Um, now, growing out of that, the appearance of these stars, Mercury and Venus in the sixth house, a place of labor, toil, sacrifice, hard work, some kind of selfless service that can be wrapped up in the sixth house at times, um, to me would say that right now you may be working through some challenges related to home and family. You could see family members that are recovering from sickness, or you could see that you're having to discover uh, healthier patterns in relation to, you know, ancestral wounds that are that are haunting you you know oh look my body is starting to do things that my mother or father's body did and now i'm finding an uh, i'm going to go see a naturopath because i'm not going to fall victim to the same old stuff you know what i mean so the idea of working through something that comes from the roots or meaningful resolutions to conflict related to family or home but some work required or even working on the home literally uh, those are the kinds of things that I would watch for. Something about sacrifice, work, service in relation to home, family, and roots. Okay, let's take it forward again to Virgo rising, which places Mercury and Venus appearing in the fifth with the synodic uh, conjunctions that both Mercury and Venus had to the sun during the eclipses in Scorpio in the third. So now we're connecting these two houses. Okay, so if the roots are in the third house of the mind, uh, of learning, then the fifth house is a place that where the mind, the changes or transformations or emphasis on the mind, a shift implied in the third house is a shift of mind or mood or environment or something like that. Then the manifestation of Venus and Mercury as evening stars in the fifth house uh, would mean that the change of mind leads to an exploration of joy, of creativity, of romance, of beauty, of childlike, joyful, creative qualities, or uh, maybe something literally related to children or pregnancy. Uh, a change of mind could have you open to having children, or a change of mind could have you open to, um, you know, parenting with more joy or fun or something like that. I, I think there's questions, again, for Virgo Risings right now about seriousness and about a change of mind that could lead to at least a loosening up that allows for more creative flow, sexual romantic dynamism, uh, creative, joyful, childlike qualities. It's as though those things want to appear and speak, and it's coming from the eclipses in the third house. So this could also relate to siblings and quite... Um, almost like good, 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 fortunate developments happening around the karma of, of siblings or of mental and emotional patterns. So I like this for Virgos as a time of, you know, deep changes that allow you to be looser and freer somehow. So for example, uh, this is something that I find really interesting. My daughter, one of my daughters is a Virgo rising, and she's just started to 
be able to more freely sing like literally just now, like, you know, very recently in the last, last like day or two, she started to be like singing and she's always been very shy and afraid to do that. I think that is a perfect example of the eclipses in the third leading to Venus and Mercury appearing in the fifth, if, if, if you follow me there. Well, let's go ahead and put uh, Libra on the ascendant where we now have Mercury and Venus appearing in the fourth house of home and family with the roots of their synodic conjunctions with the sun during the eclipses in Scorpio back in the second house. So now you're connecting the eclipses, the, the, the conjunctions that happened during the eclipses in the second house of money, resources, um, what we have at our disposal, whether that's a skill or some money in the bank account uh, or any kind of resource that we have in our life. A transformation of resources is leading intimately to um, this kind of uh, appearance, this appearance of Venus and Mercury in the house of home, family, roots, property, land, ancestral karma, etc. So what I would look for would be a connection between changes or shifts in finances and money and how those are related to family patterns or investments you're making in the home or selling or buying of land or property or improvement or shifting of the aesthetics, hanging different artwork in the house or something also around a shift of money or finances that leads to something about um, your domestic life and love life. For example, we're joining finances because we're moving in together or we're purchasing something together, which means that our lives are becoming, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're merging together more closely because we've made an investment together. We've invested in something psychically, emotionally, or financially. I could see though some connection between this, these emerging planets in the house of home, family, property, parents, ancestral karma, etc., and the place of money and finances. So watch for those two places to be connected in the next week or two here, if they aren't already, by the way, which they very well could be because Mercury's already made its, its appearance. All right, let's put Scorpio on the ascendant. Now, to me, there's a few signs that have like some very similar signatures like Virgo, uh, very similar signature with the, the Virgos um, to the Scorpios because the roots are in the first house uh, with the eclipses, the, the conjunctions between Mercury and the sun and Venus and the sun were in Scorpio during those eclipses in your first house if you're a Scorpio. They're then Mercury and Venus then appearing in the third house uh, of uh, whole sign house of Capricorn. So personal, very, very personal changes, physical changes, changes that are that constellate around your sense of self and identity, body and health and physical appearance, psychological outlook. It's all about becoming more independent right now. As those changes have been happening and you've been sort of evaluating, what do I need? Who am I? Where am I going? How am I taking care of my body and my health? Those changes are coming as um, Venus and Mercury appear in the third house, which means it has to do with how you communicate, how you think, how you perceive, uh, how you relate through the medium of your mind. So personal changes that lead to mental, philosophical, perceptual, cognitive, um, kind, kind of communicative changes, or changes that you're making are in the immediate environment so that the mood and feeling of the environment reflects the personal changes that you've recently made, which could affect relationships or things or people that you surround yourself with as well. And the underlying theme here, and this is why I think it's a little similar to the Virgo horoscope, is that of not taking things so seriously. It's like 
Venus and Capricorn for in the third house for a Scorpio is like, it's not totally lighthearted Venus and Scorpio or Venus and Capricorn, but it's a little bit lighter. It's, it's sort of like at the very least find your edgy sense of humor that lightens things up a little bit and that loosens things so that the changes you want to make can start to be felt in a very free spirited. You can, it's, it's like growing into a new outfit existentially. You're just starting to feel comfortable in it. That's the vibe that I'm picking up with this one. All right, well, uh, let's go to Sagittarius rising. Now, this one is interesting because we have the appearance of Venus and Mercury in the second house with the backdrop of the eclipses in Scorpio that had the conjunctions to Venus and Mercury uh, in the 12th. Okay, so there's a connection right now between... Oops, I think my camera just died. Uh, hold on, guys. Just give me one second. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, there we go. Sorry, I just switched cameras there because I guess my battery's dead on my other camera. All right, so the... First of all, I like Venus and Mercury appearing in the second house as a, a, a positive omen for changes around money and finances. Uh, money, finances, business, what you have, what you possess, what you rely on, what you have that's there to help you um, as, a, as a form of support. And something positive like appearing there right now, but it's coming out of the, the deeper and somewhat subterranean and maybe unconscious material uh, reflected by this, the Scorpio uh, eclipse, uh, series of eclipses with the, the conjunctions to Mercury and Venus in the 12th house. So in other words, what you've been processing that's relatively unconscious, maybe even self-destructive or harmful, or things that were just in your blind spot that you weren't aware of, that as you became aware of those things, they have translated into changes around money, business, spending habits or patterns, who or what you're, you rely on, to as a form of support. And there's a shift connected there to this deeper level of unconscious stuff that came up. Or maybe even, for example, you deal with health problems or betrayals or losses in relationships, or you learn something about your own psyche that's difficult to, to deal with. But somehow that process is translating into the place of money and uh, business and resources. It's as though there are now practical changes that can happen because of that uh, work that's took place with the eclipse. Hope that makes sense. Uh, okay, let's go forward to putting Capricorn on the ascendant, which of course brings Venus and Mercury into the first house. Uh, and it, remember the roots now for the two eclipses would have been Scorpio in the 11th. So the place of groups, allies, friends, communities is the eclipses took place there. Remember what we're looking at is the lunar eclipse was in Taurus, but the, but at that time, Mercury was conjoined with the sun in Scorpio. So we're really looking at that house of Scorpio because that's where both Venus and Mercury were when they conjoined the sun was Scorpio. So at any rate, the 11th house place of allies, groups, friends, communities, um, of people in your life. And, um, when you have, uh, eclipses in that house. It usually means that there are changes happening within groups you belong to, new people that you're connecting with, or 
reorienting your priorities socially saying these are my people and these aren't my people or these are my allies and friends and these are not or certain allies or friendships or groups that have sort of run their course and it's like oh well i'm, I'm saying goodbye to this group now for whatever reason not necessarily bad but then maybe some new connections are coming in so whatever work has been going on there it's translating now into the appearance of mercury and venus in the first house which is the place of identity so how are those social, how is the, the that social dimension of change now coming into a very, very personal space or a physical space or something that's related to your health or your energy levels or your sense of psychological um, identity? Like, who am I? What am I doing with my life? I feel like you, you might be benefiting right now personally from some of the changes that you've been making or looking at uh, in that, that house of... Um, groups, friendships, allies, communities, and so forth. So those are the two places I would put together if you're a Capricorn rising. All right, well, let's put Aquarius on the ascendant. For Aquarians, we have Venus and Mercury in the 12th house, uh, which means we are also connecting to Scorpio in the 10th. So Venus and Mercury conjoined with the sun in Scorpio in the 10th house during both eclipses, the place of career. But now... Venus and Mercury appearing as evening stars in Capricorn in the 12th house. That's an interesting connection. It's as though changes around work, business, um, your public identity, your career trajectory, uh, anything involving your forward-facing or public-facing uh, uh, pers personality and um, your sense of calling and purpose as a, um, a member of some society, some community, right? That's very, that's the 10th house. So the changes happening there are directly connected to the appearance of these stars in the 12th house. Well, that's interesting because the 12th house is often our blind spot, a place that we can't see clearly or a place that is not always easy to understand. And so could it be that changes you've recently made in your career are coming back to you and sort of, you're sort of starting to realize the unconscious dynamics that were at work in the changes you made or have been wanting to make or looking at. For example, um, sometimes people, you know, we, we make changes uh, at, we think, well, if I leave this job and go do this other job, you know, all my problems will be solved. We get to the new job and we realize, well, it really wasn't a lot better than the other job. That would be very in line with this kind of arrangement here where the changes in career are leading to the appearance of these stars in the 12th house, a place where we may start becoming aware when planets and stars are moving through that house. It's as though we become aware of things that are like dim and, and we're, we're blind to. So you could be starting to see things that are a little bit difficult or harder to see in relation to recent career developments. So it's like suddenly you're starting to understand some unconscious dynamics in the workplace or in your own psyche in relation to your job or something like that. On the other hand, you, I would watch out for just like um, gossip or, underhanded backstabbing behind the scenes um, uh, drama in the workplace or in relation to uh, people in the workplace. I would also look for, um, you know, in particular for your job to suddenly take on some kind of 12th house dimension and whether that's suffering, illness uh, and, and service and healing work to people who are suffering or ill, which is a very 12th house kind of dynamic or some kind of charitable work or humanitarian work. Often the concerns of the 12th house, especially with a benefic like Venus in there, are with who is suffering and how can I help? Um, but often enough, it is it, there will also be this element of unconsciousness to the 12th house or even 
self-undermining or self-destructive patterns or habits. So you may be looking at some of those things in relation to work or your public-facing identity right now. And it's a good time to just be really real with yourself. Like, who am I? What do I want? Where am I going? It doesn't surprise me for Aquarians that this stuff is going on right before Pluto is about to enter your first house in March, by the way, which is which suggests some pretty big existential shifts coming. Uh, so this seems to me right in line with, uh, you know, that transit in a sense, giving you like some feedback about who you are and maybe what's been in the blind spot that's going to lead to some really powerful changes by March. Okay, well, last but not least is Pisces. Now, the appearance of the <clears throat> of Mercury and Venus are in the 11th. They come from their synodic conjunctions with the sun during the eclipses and Scorpio in the 9th. So this one has to do with the roots are in the place of belief, learning, religion, philosophy, uh, and your convictions. What do you believe in? How does it orient or guide your life? Um, with changes in that house, reflected by those synodic conjunctions and the eclipses across the third and the ninth house that you've been experiencing, they are now directly correlated with the appearance of these evening stars in your 11th house, which is the place of groups, friends, communities, allies. So I would say it's a great time to be getting clear about your beliefs and how those beliefs are influencing um, who you associate with. Uh, it could be a great time to find common allies or friends because you're getting clear about what you believe. And so the people you want to align with professionally or religiously or in, in whatever walk of life is just, it's just easier to identify. Like, well, now I know what, what I'm, what I'm, how are my uh, like beliefs or convictions evolving? And in the orientation of my compass is getting like straighter somehow, like I'm clearer about what due North looks like. And so because of that, there are these, beautiful social opportunities blossoming, or I'm finding myself more at home in groups or communities, or I'm finding myself a part of various collaborations, or allies are coming more easily, or if I need to make shifts or changes in any community groups, friends with communities, groups, friends, or allies, etc., I'm now clear about who and, and, and what to do, you know, who to, who to be with and who not to and so forth. Um, this could also just be about communities that are religious in nature or uh, academic in nature or something like that. Uh, collectives that are somehow becoming important. So that is what I've got. I hope that uh, this was interesting. Sorry, my camera died. Um, make sure I've gone through everything. Yep, that's it. So I would love to hear your stories like in particular uh, so if you have a story to share about the appearance of any of these um, uh, Mercury or Venus, especially related to the eclipses, use the hashtag grabbed or send us an email grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. Um, would love to hear your stories and share them in a future storytelling episode. Um, the other thing is don't forget, we are trying to get to 1,608 backers. You can find the link to the Kickstarter in the description of this video or the comments section. Every little donation helps you guys. I, I so appreciate everyone um, who's pitched in, whether you've collected one of my you know, big discounts to one of my classes or just thrown in $5. Uh, you guys, it means so much. Um, it is a labor of love to produce this in addition to you know teaching and, and readings and everything else. Um, but we do it because it's um, it's really important to me. Like big part of my life mission is to make astrology accessible and regular astrological community to me is a part of how 
we we keep this tradition alive and moving into the future to provide its benefits for you know our children and our kids kids and things like that so i just appreciate sharing this past year with all of you um, and i look forward to creating another year of content ahead all right that's what i've got you guys have a great day and we will see you again tomorrow bye